everyone, this is George Kroos. And what we've done for you today is we've actually put some highlights to the question, what makes a great teacher? And the podcast, Three Questions, actually was inspired by educators who honestly uh, were not getting credit. And it was actually one of the reasons that uh, I wrote because of a teacher with 15 wonderful authors is because actually when you saw in 2020, there was this like weird two-week period that educators were like loved. People just really appreciated them. And I thought, oh, this is finally it. This is the moment where education is finally getting the credit it deserves. And then the two weeks were up. And then it was just mean again. And so it was really sad. But that's why I wanted to do these three questions. And the first one is who's a teacher that inspired you and why? One of the reasons I wanted to share this question, and it was so important to me, is you often go to like conferences, you hear speakers talk about, did you know that this person like quit school and this person quit school and, and this person quit school and look at how amazing they are and all the incredible things they've done because they quit school. And that's happened. Yeah, that's happened. But there are way more people, way more people who have truly been inspired by teachers and have gone on to do great things. Like we always focus on the, the few that quit school and did great things. And that's great. We should. But a lot of times it is because of a teacher that things went on, people went on to do great stuff. And that's why I wanted to share these little stories and get people to share these stories with the teachers who influenced them in their past. So I hope you enjoy this ver this segment just talking about the great teachers. I hope you can share this with others because there's a lot of inspiration and I'd love for you to hear the stories, but I think what's most powerful to me, and I've been really kind of talking about this, share the stories of your teachers who made an impact on you right in the comments down below. Some of the teachers who inspired you and why um, share this podcast with others, but then, you know, in, in sharing, talk about one of the teachers that inspired you, share it on your own Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever. Share about the teachers who inspired you because this is the thing. More teachers don't hear things from the kids they inspired than do. And we need to change that. I think that's really important to me. So that's why we want to put this together. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for all you do. Take care. I had a teacher in year five uh, called Helen Rivers, and she... She's probably one of the people who inspired me a lot. It was kind of the year that I decided that learning was something that I could actually do uh, properly and do well. And she she was just super creative. Like I just remember going into my classroom. I mean, at one point we built this huge tunnel that took you into the classroom. So you'd open the door and you'd have to walk through this paper mache tunnel thing that went all the way into the classroom. I can't, I can't remember what it was for anymore. It was like we were doing something that had to do with caves or something. Uh, and we did that. And I remember doing how the government worked and she set us all up as you know the how parliament worked and we mm. had one side here and one side there and we would debate and we would actually run stuff so like we would have someone who was running lunchtime activities and they were the minister of lunchtimes and someone who was <laughs> That's the of you know the, the cleanliness of the room and all that kind of stuff and you could complain to the minister the minister if you were on the opposition side and it was just it was really cool to just be in a classroom where there was lots of engaging, fun things, but also at the mm -hmm. same time, you were learning a, a lot. And so, yeah, and she, she actually was a good friend because my parents taught at the same school. And so I knew where she lived. She didn't live too far from me. And at one point, we used to even drive her to school. But she, um, 
she has a memory of, of something that I, I don't really remember doing, but she remembers me uh, doing this, which doing this play acting thing out the front, uh, and I, I needed to break down a door to get to something to someone, and so we had to come up with ways of how you could get through the door. And so I came to the room that was like in kindergarten or something to deliver the message from the office, and I picked the kid up and used him as a battering ram <laughs> to break down the door. And she loves telling the story, and I just think. She's the kind of teacher who allowed that to happen, you know, and saw it as a positive thing, not as something where we had to go, oh, don't touch the little kid. I mean, obviously there was some kind of conversation that happened as well, but right. um, she just was, she was an amazing teacher. Uh, and I really, really benefited a lot from, from being in her classroom. What, is she, is she still around? Do you, have you, do you, have you talked to her in the past little while or no? Yeah, actually she lives now in the Blue Mountains. <laughs> so oh, really? Not- so she lives in the same areas. Okay. So what is What is her name again? What was it? Helen Rivers. Helen Rivers. If you are listing, Dan Jackson gave you a shout out. There you go. Well, I'd have to go back to uh, Heather Malko. She was my grade 10 French teacher and also my uh, student council advisor. She was just one of those teachers like, well, first of all, she came in in the middle of the year. We had a teacher that went out on leave and she just kind of picked up the pieces Right. Uh, where that person had left off. Uh, we'll say this, our class was not the easiest class in the school <laughs> building, um, but she made that thing run like a well-oiled machine. And I remember in grade 11, having a conversation with her about running for student council president. And I was kind of like, I don't know, you know, should I do it? Like, I'm not a popular kid. I was the kid that liked math, obviously, because I teach math. And she, she was like, why not? What do you have to lose? Like, seriously, it's a few pieces of paper, a speech, you have nothing to lose. So why not give it a shot? And like that moment was the moment that changed everything for me. It made me think, yeah, like it's not that much that I have to, that's going to make a difference. You know, if, if this doesn't go right, it's some paper, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's not like my whole world is going to be shattered. If I don't get in to student council, I could probably get involved in another way. So and she was always there and always believed in me. And still to this day, she's one of my closest friends. And we work together on the uh, New Brunswick Student Leadership Association. She's the uh, the secretary. So it's really come full circle because she took me to that leadership conference as a student. And now we get to run that conference together. So it's, awesome. yeah, it's just, her, it's her belief in me as a high school student and even as an adult to do these things um, that has really pushed me forward and kept me going. All right. So it's Heather Macko. Am I saying that? Malco. 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 Yeah. All right. Heather Malco, if you're listening. <laughs> right. So actually, I'm curious, did the teacher leave because of your class? Was that? I, I maybe, I don't know. I was the quiet kid in class, so oh, I'm right, not really, right. I don't really remember. Else is issue, right? Yeah. It, right? Well, I, I love that story because I think, I've talked about this quite a bit. Sometimes the biggest regrets we have, we often talk about things that we regret doing in the past, but it's actually things that we didn't take part in. That's right. And if you didn't maybe get that little coaxing, you probably would, you know, still think about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, not necessarily in a good way is that you didn't take that opportunity. Right. And so, you know, uh, my mom, you know, she, she's always about worst thing in here is no. Right. And then you move on, but better than you know it's better to hear no than to never know and so i i, I love that i immediately think of miss ramser uh she was my analytic geometry and trigonometry teacher in high school uh because of her i wanted to teach math um i know it's kind of crazy uh <laughs> when i got to college i was like i'm either going to teach math 
or music. And thankfully, music won out. Uh, my music teacher was pretty good, too. But Miss Ramser, she touched my heart. She was um, one of those. She had a quote of the day every single day on the board. Mm -hmm. uh, she was just this energetic teacher. I had it for like algebra two. And yeah, I had it for crazy classes. And I didn't even I wasn't a math guy, as folks say, you can't say anymore. Right. But um, but I enjoyed her class so much. Uh, I remember my last semester, someone stole my calculator. This was back in the 80s. So the calculator was like $500. Okay, not 500 Calculator was right. a lot of money. Right. And Adjusted for she, inflation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and she said, Greg, um, you may want to drop this class because there's no way that you're going to be able to pass this class without a calculator. And I said, no, I want to stay in here because I enjoy being here with you. And she's like, oh, Greg, that's nice. She gave me a D. Yes, she gave me a D because... <laughs> I could not do half the problems without a calculator. And right. the only calculator that the school issued her was a monochrome old uh, uh, Manila TI 85 from the early 70s or something. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, so Miss Ramser, she was phenomenal. She had great relations with all of her students. Uh, she loved you if you were the smartest kid or if you were the not so smartest kid like myself. Uh, and she just she was willing to work with me and work with any student. And it's one of those things that I thought, wow, if I could be a teacher half as good as her, I, I think I'll be doing something. All right. Well, shout out to Miss Ramser. There we go. Another shout out button for that. She was my first grade teacher. Um, her name is Pat Parks. And then um, she was my cooperating teacher, actually student taught underneath of her. And from first grade to my first year teaching with her, she has always built those relationships with the students. And she just always had this warm, loving and the smile on her face. And so I just remember thinking to myself, I'm going to be like her. So she's my she's definitely she's still my rock star because she'll text every now and then and say, look at the cool things you're doing. I can't wait to see more. So this is, this is Pat Parks. And you still guess what? Pat Parks. You got shout out horn. Okay, tell me, tell me, like, how, 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 what's some of the things, like, do you ever, like, teach in your class, you do things, and you're like, that's something, that's something Pat Parks used to do. Like, do you ever yeah. do that? Well, so she used to sharpen pencils. She would have the kids bring up two pencils, and she would have this, like, mini conversation with them every morning, and I don't think it was about the pencil sharpening at all. Oh. It was definitely about building those relationships, and so that's kind of, like, my goal almost every day, just, like, how are you doing? How was your night? You know, what? What do you got going on coming up? And, you know, just kind of that, those little things, getting to know the students a lot more than just, you know, by their name. So what are like, you, there's, there's some, I can't, I like, there's some method. I can't remember what it's called. It like is just eluding me. And it was basically just talking about having like a couple of minutes with kids, like each every day and how big of a difference that makes. And that's such a, that's such a, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's it just seems, it seems like it seems, I think a lot of people listen to that and it seems insignificant, but it's so big. Do you know what I mean? It's like so it's huge. such a powerful thing. I love that. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. It's actually, um, and I think one of the things we might talk about in the other podcast, it's kind of interesting because, you know, um, we, we are both, we're all into innovation, but you took a really traditional practice from one of your teachers and you carried it on. And it's like, it's not tradition versus innovation, but it's like always doing what's best for our kids. And like, if that worked, you know, when you were a kid and then 
and it can work for our kids today, then we, we got to keep doing it. So I, I love that story. Uh, Kirk Datto it comes immediately to mind. And what's interesting was like, he wasn't my teacher as a, you know, elementary, middle or high school student. He mm-hmm. was my cooperating teacher as a student teacher. And uh, he was, he was so influential. I mean, I, I talked about him in bold school. Yeah. Um, he was so influential because I, I tell this story of when I taught my first ever lesson and it was, it was a complete disaster. It was a complete disaster. And he didn't, he didn't blow smoke. He was, he gave me this profoundly wonderful gift that I didn't understand at the time. He literally, after I was done, it was a disaster. I was soaked in sweat. I knew it was a disaster. Kids leave the room. He folds his arm. He looks at me and he's like, well, that was right. Like, <laughs> and, and just like told me exactly what I needed to hear. Right. He didn't lead me to believe that something was bad was actually good. And then let me just continue down that path of mediocrity. Like, he told me it was garbage, but then he gave me the greatest gift I ever received. He he coached me up. He made me better at the craft. He had conversations about teaching in the way that you and I have had conversations about right. speaking. It was just like, let's take this thing. Let's distill it. Let's dismantle it and figure out what makes it go. And I'm forever indebted to that guy for that. You know, it's it's there's a couple of things. First of all, it is really amazing to to think about how great teachers impact so many beyond their classroom, right? Yes. So I actually distinctly remember you telling this story in Hawaii. I actually, I was like, going to be shocked if you said something else, to be honest with you, because I actually remembered the story very well. And I that watched- makes me feel good. That makes me feel like I did something right. Oh yeah. And I, and yeah. I watched all the educators that were inspired by that story of this teacher who then probably went on and then they made that impact because of the conversation, right? And probably a lot of conversations they had. And I think the second piece is there is this, this misconception that sometimes when there is a criticism- or a challenge on something that it's actually a negative thing. And I do believe sometimes you, you, if you've, if you've ever been online, which everyone has, and yeah. if you're listening to this, you're yeah. online. Yeah. The, rea- the reality of this is, is that you can pick out really quick when someone's just doing it to rip you apart to like, yeah. to, to, to lower you. Right. And often yeah. to their level. Right. Cause they're feeling like, you know, as opposed to like, Hey, I, I care about you enough that I'm going to step in because we want you to be successful. And yeah. you know, the, the best people in my career have challenged me like that. And I think that that is really powerful. And is yeah. it, is it, is it Kirk? It's Kirk Datto. Yeah. But uh, sorry, wait, sorry. Wait, hold just, just, wait, hold on. Kirk Datto. <laughs> I didn't want to yeah. miss that out. Right. <laughs> no. Uh, but as a continuation of what you said, like right. you're right. Like sometimes the perception is like, Ooh, this is negative. Right. Like we have this infatuation with, uh, instructional coaching. Uh, and what's problem, what's problematic is like coaching is an intensely vulnerable experience. Like there are times when it, it feels uncomfortable, there's uncertainty, there's risk, there's emotional exposure, all of those things exist in coaching. And what happens is like a lot of schools and districts think they have instructional coaching programs, but unless you're willing to dive headlong into that vulnerability you, you don't have an instructional coaching program. What you end up with is an instructional reflection program right. where it's just people asking like, how do you think that went? That's not coaching. That's reflection. Reflection is valuable, but it's very different from coaching. It, a, mm-hmm. a great coach will do exactly what Kirk did and identify like, Hey, here's what's not great. And here's what we can do to make it great. Right. And, and that, like there's act, the misconception of like not saying anything is you being nice. Well, 
I'd rather uh, the nice where I get criticized and I do better as opposed to nice. No one says anything. And then I screw up the rest of my life. Right. Like that, that's part of it too. Right. The, the, nice, just, yeah. the nice thing to do is help. Right. Not just the rest of your life. Stu- the, the hundreds of, of students who, right. yeah, like that, we have to have a sense of urgency about this work. That teacher would probably be my fourth grade teacher, uh, Miss Myler. So I um, was not your in-the-box, fit-in-the-box student. I actually did not like school at all. Actually, my elementary school told my parents that I probably wouldn't be successful after high school. Oh, wow. And so just start creating a plan for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really? So, but yeah, but it makes me really sad because if teachers, if the, if back then they, I mean, I'm kind of old, so, but if back then they would have realized like, how powerful they could have, how they could have shaped my life that, mm-hmm. you know, they would have taken some ownership in that and really helped. But Miss Myler did not get that message. Um, so she really poured into me and um, really helped me see that me as a learner, because I did not like to learn. I did not like school. Um, and up until that point, I didn't see myself as a learner. Um, I was often embarrassed in class of things to do, but she used to have one-on-one meetings with us every week. And in that meeting, we gave feedback about the class, like what our thoughts were on class and what our dreams were, what our potential was. And so that's really the first time that I saw myself like, oh, wait, I, I can be successful at this. And I'm actually a learner, which is really crazy because that's what my whole life is now is supporting people and learning. So it's pretty ironic. And it's my top strength and strength finders. If you do that assessment, it's my top strength as being a learner. That's wonderful. So, um, and probably just her, probably the most important thing about her was recognizing that I don't do school well, but I didn't have to do school well in order to be a learner and to be capable and to, you know, thrive. Well, we're going to, instead of air horn, we're going to pause. Okay. I got, so I got, I got something here. I have thought about this sometimes. It's kind of interesting, right? How many times do you hear these stories of like people that are successful like yourself? And then they share like, you know, someone at my school said, you'll never be successful. And like, look at me now. I'm like, maybe they did that to trick you. <laughs> like there's a little, sometimes like there's so many stories like that. And it's like, maybe they're just, that was their, maybe that was their trick of motivating you. Right. You think that that's, there's no possibility you think for a young student? I like, I didn't realize. I don't, I don't know. Like I've just, I've just, you know, that's right I way to I'm, not, I'm not saying like people should I'm like, by the way, little asterisk, don't say that to kids. Right. But I think sometimes like some, I, I, there's something weird that like, like, do you know any yeah. teacher that would be like doing that? Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. somebody thought like, I'm going to do this and that will motivate this kid. And it's like, no, that's like the worst thing to do. Like, I guess you know how sometimes how they'll say like, this class is the hardest class you're ever going to have. And you're not all going to be successful. Like who is motivated by defeat at the beginning? Right. Right. And if the class is like, this is, I think always thing is like, yeah, like no one ever passed my class. I'm like, maybe you're a crappy teacher. Maybe it's a you thing. Right. Yeah. So, I just, I just find it like there's so many of those stories. Like you hear about people like my teacher didn't do this and they like hold on to it. Like I, I'm a, I'm a very spiteful person. So I'll be like, yeah, I'll show you. I'll hold on to those grudges for years. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Some people have maybe 
they think it motivated. I don't know. That's but I mean, it does motivate me now that I look back because I always think I wish I could go back and tell her, like, you know, look what look what happened. Look what I did. That is I did get my doctorate a couple of years ago and I seriously got my doctorate because I wanted to prove to other people that I could do it for real. I, right. I thought back you're, to you're not you're not debunking my little weird theory, but I'm by really not right. You're not. You're not. It's like it's like yeah, I'm gonna like spite, be spite successful. Uh, if I go back to high school, because that's a, an experience, you know, that's a, an inspiration that actually you know brought me along the path of wanting to be you know either a professional hockey player or if not, it was going to be a, a school teacher, right? So mm-hmm. it's my 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 high school chemistry a science teacher, and his name was. Richard Poirier. So we're going to get you to practice your French names. So, so Richard, yeah, Poirier. Poirier? Yeah, Poirier. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so this, you know, this was my high school teacher. And, uh, and, you know, he was inspiring because I would, I would, you know, be in his class and just the way he would engage us. And it was especially, you know, the relationship part. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it back then. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I was a student and of course, going through, you know, the, the life experience that I did and, and, and discovering leadership and the importance mm-hmm. of relationships and developing that connection with your students. Now I understand what he was doing. Right. Yeah. So not knowingly, you know, that influenced me in a sense where that's the type of connection that, that I wanted as a person, even as a, uh, you know, a 17, 16, 15 year old, uh, just being in that class, it just felt right. You know, in the way that he would talk to us, the way that he would address us, the way he would ask us questions, get us to discover things. It was it was obvious that it was about the relationship first with each student, mm-hmm. and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I just knew right then and there. You know, uh, I was doing some tutoring as well, a little bit, and I and I was a hockey player. You know, playing AAA hockey, and so it was a busy schedule. But just seeing him doing what he did and the love that I had for chemistry, it's like that's what I want to do. You know, I want to connect wow. with people like that because it brought a, a sense of uh, accomplishment and a sense of fulfillment. Right. N- n- you know, looking back now, knowing that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So just the connections and it wasn't the only one. There's, you know, there's a whole bunch of us that, you know, he was our favorite teacher. And and just because of that, not because he let us do what we wanted to do, not it was fun. It was engaging, but it's because he came in and got us and he developed that relationship first with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that just inspired me to want to, to want to go into education and, and, you know, eventually do what I want to do. Cause if I hadn't crossed him in my path right. during my life, right. I pr- probably wouldn't be where I am today. All right. Well, we got to give a big shout out. Uh, you know, yeah. Shout well, out. So, so it's funny. Cause I actually, I joke, like I, I do struggle with science. <laughs> like it was like by far my hardest subject. Right. Yeah. And like, as I'm listening to you, one of the things I, 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 I don't, I don't like, I, I don't like talking negatively. This is probably, and I'm maybe, I don't know if I am. I feel that one of the reasons I struggle in science is that I had brilliant science teachers who didn't necessarily do that. Mm. And I think, you know, in the classrooms where we struggle the most is where the relationship is most needed. Do you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. like it just, things just didn't click for me in that the area. And I, so let's flip this around. I actually remember uh, Shelly Murph. She was my biology teacher. Okay. And she was, so good at relationships and and <laughs> to be honest with you, i don't know if i did any better but i didn't feel as dumb in her class if that made yeah. sense do you know what yeah. i mean like oh, absolutely really, she was absolutely she was incredible i actually weirdly enough i still talk to her um we like i've connected with her um several times i just remember that how much of a difference that made because 
in the other classrooms where I really struggled with the content, was I a nuisance? Oh, was I terrible? Because the first thing, the last thing I wanted you to think was I was dumb. So I'm going to get rid of that because yeah. I know I struggle with it. So I'm going to be the class clown, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't Absolutely. seem to have the same disruptive behaviors in, in, in Shelly Murray's class, right? Yeah. Because she, it was just that welcome feeling. And she was also, she was brilliant in science, right? So that does, that is kind of an important aspect of it. It's not an either or, it's both. Yeah. So at least she had that. But, but, but again, coming back to the relationship piece, right? I've known teachers throughout my career as a, you know, as colleagues and, and as uh, teachers that work for me as a principal. I've also known teachers that were put into situations where they had to teach completely outside of their comfort right. zone. And they were brilliant because even though they weren't maybe the most, uh, right. you know, they, they didn't know the most about the subject, they were able to make those connections and have fun with it. And still, uh, you know, make sure that the students progress in it. So, and same goes for the adults, right? As a leader, totally. when I look at the relationships that we have with either teachers or my colleagues, well, usually the relationship will be a, you know, a reflection of um, the type of relationship that I was able to to develop with that person, right? Or that level of relationship that I have with that person. So if we can get that connection and, and develop within ourselves, the means to be able to connect with people even the ones that we have a heart we're not going to connect with everybody 100 percent, right like right it's some will connect more than others and yeah. less and, and things can happen too you know stuff can happen and it could cause friction and whatnot but you know as leaders and as teachers and as principals uh you know we've got to put our, our best foot forward and and say at least you know when it comes to a situation where somebody doesn't have their door open to want to welcome mm -hmm. that well at least we let them know that the door is always open and when you're ready you can cross that you know that that doorway but you know we're willing to to go uh, and uh, all the way and, and develop that relationship but that's that's the difference maker right there george